All right. Well, if you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, great, great to have you here. Thanks for coming out to Life Tree. Um, and I just want to share some thoughts with you tonight, kicking off a new series. And uh, as a church, we have seven core values, if you don't know that. Seven core values. And these values are things that guide what we do. They inform our decisions. Uh, you often see them on banners and posters. These are never core values. These are commitments we make to each other. Um, but you'll see, you'll see different things. And the one I want to talk about tonight is uh, it's people are primary. There you go. And it's represented the image of a treasure map. Um, and uh, the idea of a treasure map is, uh, Scripture says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right. So what you value, what you love, where your treasure is, right? That's where. That's what your, all of your life is going to be given towards. And so we have recognized that for God, his treasure is people. He gave everything for people, everything about people. And this is our commitment, really, to loving each other as a, as a church. Are we always, we make a decision, we say, is this decision, and holding on to the value that people are primary. Is it a program that's primary? Is it a a job, a task that's primary? Is it a, a bottom line that's primary? Or is it, is it people? Is this good for people? Is this good for us? Is this the most loving thing? Like the shelter that a tree provides uh, to those under its cover, we know our primary purpose as a church is to care for one another. And people are primary because the heart of God has always been for all people. All people, right? Um, in the beginning, we can read this, Genesis chapter 12, and you'll see this. It says, the Lord said to Abram, it's like way back at the beginning of your Bibles. If you got your Bibles, we're going to read some scripture tonight, and uh, I make no apology for it, but there's a lot of scripture. We're going to get, we're going to do a little Bible study. That's, that's okay. You're in church. Sorry. Right. So the Lord said to Abram, uh, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land. I will show you. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And he says, all the families, some of the families, most of the families, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. So God promises here that if Abraham will, for Abram, his name isn't changed to Abraham yet, if Abram will go, God will bless all the people. If you go, I will bless all the people, okay, through you. So that's how the story begins. Genesis, first book of the Bible, you can see it right early on, okay? Then you kind of go to like the middle of the scriptures, right? You get um, our, our theme for this year, right? Our theme for this year, what we felt like it's a season of this year, right? Coming into Christmas. Christmas is coming. Some of you are, how many of you are listening to Christmas music already? Some of you are like, yeah, because I know Thanksgiving, but listen, in this year, I get it. I get it. I think we, we all could have a little extra, so okay, that's all right. But I mean, it was up Christmas stuff was before the Halloween stuff was gone. Like, come on, people, show a little respect. All right. Anyway, so our verse for this year talks, you know, that famous Christmas verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds in the field nearby guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. Among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, they were terrified. And it continues, it says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. All right, you're picking up what I'm putting down. The Savior says, Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, 
the city of David, right? So you've got in the beginning, I'm going to bless. If you go, I will bless all the families. Now the angel comes and says, good news, great joy for all people. Okay, the most famous verse in scripture is probably John 3.16, right? The uh, banner man, some football games, right? right John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, everyone, this is the New Living Translation, so it might not be the version you've memorized, but it says everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That word there, everyone, um, actually translates whoever, and in Greek it's the same word as all. So that all who believe in him, this is how much God loved the world, all people, that he gave his one and only son. He sent his son. Right, so you're picking up what I'm putting down, right? Go. If you go, right, I will bless the whole world. And then he sends the angel and says, hey, guess what? If, if, I'm going to send them to you and I'm going to bless all people. And then he says, Jesus, and I'm going to send Jesus to let you know that everyone, all who believe in me, right, will not perish but have eternal life. And then you can go to the end of the, end of the book. You just went through the entire Bible. Isn't that awesome? It's like three minutes. And then you go to the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And it says this. After this, this is describing, it's a vision right, that John has. And he's describing what he sees in heaven. It's, just, it's this awesome. Revelation is, is a crazy book. It's got some cool stuff, but it's crazy. But he says this. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, describing heaven. And from every nation and tribe and people and language. Some from most, from every, all standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, and they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hand. Here we go, verse 10. And they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne from the Lamb. Again, all people, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every language. Can you get the visual on that? Literally people from every single recognized nation, every language spoken, every tribe, Right? And we all know people speak all sorts of languages. North Jersey is different than Central Jersey, is different than South Jersey. Right? Then you got Pittsburgh and you got the Deep South, right? Like you got all sorts of languages. We speak so many different every single people group represented in heaven. Think about that. So from beginning to end, the heart of God has always been for all people. From beginning to end. It's there. You can read it in every single book of the Bible. You will see all people over and over again. So here's the thing. If the heart of God is for all people, has been that way since the beginning of time, why doesn't everybody know that? Why doesn't everybody know that? We're talking about the best news ever coming from a God who is certainly able to communicate it effectively. Right? He can send angels to do this. So why doesn't everyone know how good God Paul provides the answer for us. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says this. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And he continues in verse 15 and says, And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say how beautiful, how beautiful are the feet messengers who bring good news. See, the reason all people don't hear is because they haven't heard. And they haven't heard because people won't go and people don't go because they haven't been sent. Hmm. See, it's a twofold problem. Here's, here's how it boils down in my mind. And that could just be me. But either 
people being sent are not going, they're resisting. Like you've been sent, but you go, I don't want to. Or, or the people willing to go are not being sent. They're being held onto, they're being restricted. So either I want to go, but somebody's holding me back, or I've been sent and I don't want to go. Like that's the only two options I can figure because if you're willing to go and somebody sends you, you go. So let's look at the first problem here. People sent but not willing to go. I've been sent, but I don't want to go. Matthew 28, 18. If you're familiar with this passage, it's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. We've talked about it. You should know this if you've heard me share it at all. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven. He's about to end. He's about to go up to heaven, right? He's done. He's about to finish. This is the last thing he's telling his, his people before he gets out of Dodge, right? He's about to leave. And this is what he says to them. All right, next verse. He says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he continues, verse 20, and says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God didn't say, here's my commission to you. Ready? Stay. Stay where you are. Stay right there, don't move a muscle. He says, go make disciples. And actually, that's a phrase. Go make disciples, it's one phrase. It's not go and make disciples, like that they're two separate things, like going is one thing, making disciples. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. <laughs> one word. <laughs> go make disciples. There you go. The strategy of God is for those who know to go help those who don't know. And that means every single person who has a relationship with Jesus is sent. Everybody here is sent. You're all sent. It's not about spreading religion. You're not sent to go spread some religion to go, hey, do this, tell people what to do, how to behave. No. It's about you're supposed to go introduce people to Jesus. That's what it means to make disciples, to, to let people know who he is in your life. Every single person in this room, no matter how new this may be to you or how little you may feel you know God, you are sent. If you walk into a relationship with Jesus and any, at the moment you begin a relationship with Jesus, that's part of the deal. Because now you're sent. See, God is a, a sender. That's what, he, that's what he does. He sent his angels. He sent his son. Jesus sent the disciples and he sends us. God is ascending God. That's what he does. Right? The moment we begin to follow, we join this great movement of people known as the sent. That's what we are. We are the people that are sent out. And here's the thing. We never stop going until all the people have heard. Have all the people heard? No. So do we get to stop going? No. This is our mission. Some are sent to places far away. Like my sister, who is trying to go to Mexico, has to keep coming back. She's actually there. She got there like yesterday, two days ago, finally. Sent to Mexico, Oaxaca. Anybody can spell Oaxaca? Yeah, O-A-X-A-C-A. -A. Yeah, Oaxaca. Go, yeah, that's a, that's a good one for a spelling bee. Because God sent her there. Because our church sent them there. We, we support them. We sent them because our family sent them. Other churches gathered together to send them out, willing to go and sent out. 
So that's their places where they're supposed to go. Some are sent far, some are sent here. If you live here, you're not just randomly here. You're not accidentally here. You didn't just happen to live here, happen to grow up here. I've always been here. No, the God of the universe sent you here. Which means you're not just here, you're supposed to be going here. Going make disciples here. Right? Go make disciples here. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're not just living in your neighborhood. You are sent there with a mission. We're not just here simply to make a life for ourselves. We're sent to make disciples. That's our job. It's our calling. So the question is this. Are we really going? Like we live here, but are we going? Are we going to our family? Are we going to our co-workers? Are we just there? Are we going to our neighbors, to our friends? Are you going where you've been sent? And we ask the question for a reason. Just because we're sent doesn't mean we're going. Right? Like there are many who want to be in a relationship with Jesus for the blessing of it. But they want nothing to do with the going part. It's the greatest roadblock to the gospel of Jesus moving forward, really in human history. Those who want to know God for themselves yet refuse the call to go. I, I'm, I, just want to, I just want to know faith for myself. I really, to each their own. You can't follow Jesus and do that because he said you got one job, that's to go. So if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to go. You don't want to go, that's fine, but you can't say you're a follower of Jesus because that's not what he's about. He was sent here to, to go to us. He is a goer. It's what he does. You can be in a place and among a people and not go to them. We do it all the time. We have grown up being a very adept at being in a place and not doing anything. And it's tragic. This is why Jesus told his disciples, Matthew chapter 9, says this, verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, and it's not because there's not a lot of people called, but just because a lot of people who are sent aren't going. So he says, so here's the solution to the, the problem where people won't go, verse 38. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more. Ask him to send more. Because if people won't go, guess what? We just got to flood it. Just send more then. Keep sending. Let's send more Workers, when you accept the Great Commission as your commission, you begin to realize something, that this is too big for me. There's too much work, too many people yet to help. You ever feel like that? Like, I'm supposed to go reach the world? Come on. I can barely, you know, get dressed in the morning. Like, I'm supposed to change the world? That's not happening. I need help. God, send more. God, send more. So we not only have a responsibility to go, but also we have an invitation to ask God to send more. He welcomes us. Hey, pray that I'll send more. And you can see what's happening here if you think about it. Can you honestly pray for God to send more workers if you're not going yourself? Hey, God, I got a lot on my plate. Send Billy. I'm swamped right now. Um, I'm tired. 
I'm embarrassed about going. I'm really not ready to go. I'm an introvert. We can make excuses all day long. Going's not my thing. Uh, I'm really more of like a staying kind of person. Um, see, the heart of God is for all people. And that's what led to someone being sent to you. That's how you got where you are. You're here. Or you've heard about Jesus because somebody was willing to go, I'll go. Here am I. Send me. I'll go. And so you only know about Jesus because somebody was willing to go to you. Are you going to stop the site? You're going to go, yeah, I love that. That was so great. I'm so glad they came to me, but I just want to sit here. I'm not going to go. See, God sends people. He always has, and he always will. We've been handed a gift that was meant to be shared. And God both now sends us and asks us to pray that more will be sent. And this is illustrated for us in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church in Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man. Uh, he was literally from uh, Africa. Lucius from Cyrene. Simeon's probably from like Egypt area. Lucius from Cyrene was also um, from, from uh, Africa. Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. Next verse says this. One day, as these men, so we got a bunch of guys praying, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. Okay? And then here we go. It says, so after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them, and sent them on their way. See, there are times where God speaks in a unique and clear way about specific people. And here God singles out Barnabas and Saul. Saul becomes Paul. In case you're curious, that's the same person here. And he reveals that he has a special work for them. So Paul and Barnabas would go on to travel to many countries and people yet to hear about Jesus. I mean, it's, it's really quite an incredible journey. If you follow the journey of Paul and Barnabas and all the places they went from that point forward, I mean, the world changed because of them. Because they were willing to go and that they were sent out. So let me ask you this. What would have happened had they said no? Had they resisted? If Paul and Barnabas were like, listen, we like it here. We're making a difference here. It's good to be here. And what would have happened if the church had said, listen, you kidding me? Paul and Barnabas? We're not giving up our, our aces. These guys are awesome. I'm learning. I, I cannot. Like, what would have happened? Like, if they had held on. Like, so Paul and Barnabas changed the world because they went. Because both the willingness to go and the willingness to send are critical. They have to go hand in hand. And we have to acknowledge that. And we as a church, as people here in Robbinsville, here as Light we've been sent here. We're here in this community, and we need to make disciples here. We need to be going here. We don't just live here. We need to be going here. And we need to send people. It's not either or. We need to be going here, and we need to be sending people because all people. Because the heart of God is for all people. I don't know if we know this, but there is a world outside of our community. <laughs> You know, there's actually people that live outside this county. You know, there's other people here. I, they actually have other pizza places, apparently. 
There's so much more to the world than our tiny bubble. That's why we give 10% of everything we get to missions. Because we believe in sending because all people matter. Right? Over the lifetime of our church, I think we're somewhere now, probably this year, approaching $700,000 that we have given to missions in the history of our church. Because all people. We have a sacred commission to both go and send. And I say that because we're about to live this out in a new way. Over the past several months, our leadership team has sensed the voice of God in a similar way to that early church. And we've been hearing God say, it's time. It's time to send Pastor Andre and Pastor Carrie to set them apart for a special work God has called them to. Now, for those who may not know, I have been friends with Dre and Carrie. Carrie actually longer than Dre. I met Dre when we were in college our first semester in 1997. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We're in 20-something years of friendship. Um, Dre was in my wedding. They're some of my closest friends on the planet. And it's been the highest honor to have them as part of our family here at Life Tree for the past four and a half years. They're a blessing to me personally. I would not have been able to do this sabbatical, which was phenomenal without them. The support with their encouragement, even with the season with my father's passing, like they have just been anchors. Um, I trust them completely. They've been a blessing to our family because they're like family. They are family to us. That's why my son is sitting with them. <laughs> They are a blessing to our church. They have invested and led our students. So they're exhausted. They've been at youth convention all weekend. They have taught us and preached to us and helped us grow in our understanding of God. The high five prayers, let me tell you, I have grown so much through Pastor Kerry's high five prayers. There, there's so many creative things that you don't even know behind the scenes. They're creative ideas, the Foxo branches, so many things through the years that they just bring creativity and energy to our church. They're a blessing to our community, the entire family. Carrie works in the community and does so many things here. Dre is actually, we're chaplains. Dre does it more than we do it. He's the one always responding to crisis calls and being there for our police officers and supporting them behind the scenes. They have dedicated themselves to serving in this town with their whole heart. They've made sacrifices to live here and to be here. They exemplify wisdom and passion and excellence, kindness, compassion, love, joy, patience, discernment, and most of all, a deep love for God. They are known by God and they are devoted to making him known. And I will be very honest with you. I don't want to send them. I don't. Why would I want to send out my best friend? I want them to stay here. But this is what the life of faith is all about, right? It's about trust. That when God says it's time to send, we send because all people. Because all people. My dad would often repeat this quote to me from Oswald Chambers. He said, anybody named Oswald, you should listen to him. <laughs> so that's a good life lesson. And it says this. 
Remain true to God in your obscurity. And remember that you are not the designer of your destiny. When you hear the call of God and know what he wants, obey him. Because in some other part of the world, there are circumstances being worked on by God that depend on your circumstances. And he concludes with this basically slap across the face, half the sentimental, pious folks that strew the coastlines of religious life are there because they would seek to engineer their own circumstances. Remain true to God in your obscurity. We, we refuse to restrict what God wants to do here and, and there because we don't understand. Because we don't know what he's doing. If God says send, we need to do it with full faith that what he is doing is good. It is good for their family. It is good for us and our families. I have such incredible respect for Pastor Andre and Carrie and the way that they have handled this entire transition is only cementing that because this is what it means to live out the Great Commission, to embrace it as our commission. They're willing to go because they also have a heart for all people. So to answer some questions you may have as we're talking about this, uh, we don't know when all this is going to happen. Sometime in the next few months. Timeline's not real certain. And we don't have all the answers about what, where, how, all that kind of stuff. But they have made the decision, I think, which again says so much about them, to live this out in front of you. To model faith. To say they're not sure, we just agree that it's time. That God has said it's time. A sense that's, that, that, that God's speaking, saying it's time to step out of the boat. Trust me, you're going to walk on water. God, I don't know what the next step is, but he says, hey, just follow me. Because I'm going to send you to the special work I have assigned for you. God is going to guide them right on time. We don't know when. We just know that God says, now, delayed obedience is disobedience. God says go, you say, okay, I will go. We don't know where several doors present themselves. They're listening and praying and sensing what God is leading. And God will lead them right on time. I think what I appreciate so much is them modeling that vulnerability in front of us. Say so we don't have it all figured out. But we're going to trust God. They're going to go. So if they're going to go, what are we going to do? We're going to send. We're going to send them like nobody's been sent before. <laughs> it's our moment to be senders, to refuse to hold on, to hold them back, to, to restrict, but rather to propel. To send them out with all the power in our being, to do it life tree style, with love and grace and hope, like the family we are. To say, hey, we love you, we believe in you, we're praying for you. Whatever it takes to help you get to that next spot where God has you with power, we're going to pray and lay hands on you and send you out for the special work because the heart of God has always been for all people. Today is our monthly celebration of communion. I was thinking about how do you connect communion? How do you connect communion to this message? And I thought about it. Communion is how we honor that Jesus was willing to be sent to come to us so that we could know God. 
That's what communion is all about. It's recognizing that Jesus was willing to be sent. But bread represents his body. He was willing to come and physically suffer, suffer for us because that's how much God loves us. He was willing to do whatever it takes to reach all people. The cup represents his blood, his death. There's no limit to what God will do to reach all people. He gave everything. No greater love than to lay down his life. God means it when he says his desire to bless all people. That's his desire, and Jesus proved it, and communion celebrates it. And I can't think of a more tangible way to consecrate the meaning of this moment. If you're a guest with us here, I just want to encourage you, you are welcome to participate. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are welcome to join us here. This is the privilege of all have a relationship with Jesus. It's a promise to us that the children of God are loved by him. That the purpose of our lives is to grow in the knowledge of him and to make him known. As people of faith, we live in two worlds. I'm wrapping up, don't worry. We live in the here and now, grieving our losses and the changes that are painful. And we live in the promise of then. We live in the here and now, but we live in the promise, declaring the goodness of God and our trust in him. So we hold it all with open hands, knowing that God's good. So I'm going to invite you. We're going to pray for the Naramans in a moment. But I want to invite you to take the, the bread in your hands. We're going to pray. If you, if you don't have communion, just raise your hand. Our ushers can get it to you. Make sure keep your hands up. They'll find you. Just take out that bread. I'll wait a moment until everyone's been served. Keep your hands up so they get you. All right. Everybody, so we're going to take the bread. I invite you just to pray with me for a moment. Everybody, have, if you don't have it, raise your hand. Make sure we're all good. Thank you, everybody's been served. Let's just take a moment. God, we thank you. Lord, you were willing to come to us. As you left our paradise, you left heaven, the comfort. But you didn't stay there. You were willing to go because your heart was full of love for all of us. Lord, I ask that as we as we reflect on that, that this bread it represents so that you, you physically left a place to come to our place. Lord, as we reflect on that, I ask that you would not only give us gratitude and appreciation for what you've done, but would you put a challenge in our heart to accept the call to go wherever you send us, whether that be here or there, somewhere familiar, somewhere new. Would we be willing to go? I encourage you, as we're just taking a moment, would you just search your heart and say, God, am I willing to go where you send me? Am I going? being obedient to that voice, to that call, to that commission that you've given us. God, thank you. And we, we commit ourselves to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's eat together. Take the cup. And let's take a moment. 
God, we thank you for not just going, but for sending, Lord, for sacrificing. Lord, you sent your son, Lord, that cost you. Lord, you had to look upon your son as he bore the sins of all of us. Lord, that was the ultimate sacrifice. That's what this cup represents, Lord, that in, our, in the sending and in the going, there's a cost. There's a cost involved. It's not just go and it'll be great, Lord. There's pain along the way. But the promise that you give us in this cup, the promise that you give us in our obedience is that it will be worth it. That it's for the purpose of letting all people know how much you love them. So God, I ask that one, we would be grateful for your willingness to sacrifice for us, to take our place. And Lord, as our response, would you compel us to not just go, but also to send well. To not just be concerned with ourselves, but be concerned with all people. To set our heart toward the world around us. Recognizing the job is far too big, so Lord, we pray to the Lord of the harvest, send more workers. Lord, would we do our part and would we be part of the team, the family, the great army that sends people out into all parts of this world to fulfill the plans you have for us. We thank you. You are so good. In your good name we pray. Amen. Let's drink. As we close, I'm going to call up the Merriman family. I'm going to invite up our staff as well, and uh, our, our elders and deacons, if they would all come forward. And we're going to pray over them. Let me ask everybody to stand. As everybody would stand, this is a sacred moment here. We're going to pray over our friends, our family. We're going to ask God to Send them out with power, with blessing, with favor, preparing the way, providing the way. It's a, it's a faith walk, trusting God in this way. And this is what it means. I'm just telling you, these are some of the best people on the planet. I mean it. And it feels sometimes like we're losing. But we know that God is good. And so we trust that this is kingdom. This is how it looks. So, guys, let's pray for you. Everybody put your hand. Church, just reach your hand out towards them. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this family. For their willingness. Lord, they have followed you all over most of this continental United States. New Jersey, to Ohio, to Pennsylvania, to Tennessee, back to New Jersey, and God, who knows where next? You know. And God, I ask that you would continue to be the voice behind them saying, this is the way I walk in it. Or that as you are calling them to step out in faith, to trust you for what's next, for the special work that you have called them to, God, that we will together see your goodness. Lord, we are confident that this is because there are people whose eternities will be changed because of their obedience. Or that by staying it wouldn't do us any favors. It wouldn't do you any favors. God, their obedience is displaying faith and trust in front of you. 
So God, I pray for them, Lord, I ask you to provide for them in abundance. Let this next chapter be a place of flourishing, Lord, of thriving for their family, a place where they are continuing to grow and be blessed personally as they are a blessing. Lord, as they have blessed us, Lord, I ask you to pour into them, Lord, back what they have given doubly, triply, Lord. Would you 30, 60, 100 times give back to them what they have given to us? Lord, we ask that you would give them a sense of peace. That constant peace that you have put in them continue to fill them with peace. That as you are leading and guiding and directing, that you will guide their steps perfectly. I thank you. And God, I pray for the people that they will minister to, the people that they will reach, the people that they will serve, who have yet to even meet them. God, you know that the divine appointments you have set in place now, Lord, it begins as they step out in faith. But this is yet another moment we look back to and say, this is a time when we trusted you. We will send them, God. So we send them out with power in the Holy Spirit, Lord. You promised that when we go to make disciples, that when we go, Lord, you promise that you will be with us always, even to the end of the age. There is never a moment that we, any of us, walk without you. You will accompany, you will walk in front, behind, beside, protect them, all around them. You will provide for them. So God, I pray your richest and deepest blessings on them. Lord, pour out your goodness on them as they step out in this moment. Let there be people that come alongside them to encourage them. Open the right doors at the right time, Lord, to speak loudly in their lives. Thank you. We're so grateful as a church for the blessing they have been to us. Lord, for the, the gifts that we have received from them. Lord, help us be able to communicate to them and help them have a sense of how valuable they've been to this church, to your church. The name of the King, in the name of our Lord and our Savior, the, the God who sends, the God who commissions us to go, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right, so you can applause. Let's, let's, let's applause for them. And we'll, we'll, we'll have time to to greet them and talk to them. Um, remember that they're really tired. So afterwards, don't just like jump up and, you know, ask a thousand questions. We're all still figuring it out. Nikki, we're just actually, you know, we're just gonna close. I don't think we're gonna go for a song. Is that all right? We'll just close this out in prayer. Yeah, we'll just close this out in prayer. Um, again, if you uh, have been offering to give, the baskets are on the back. If you need to drop them off there. Um, but just thank you everybody for coming. We're going to close this one word of prayer and uh, just grateful for this church. This is a, a gift to be part of a church and uh, so thankful for you. So again, please continue to pray for the Mallory family over these next coming months as it begins to continue to walk this out. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We trust you and we commit ourselves to you. This is your church. We are all part of it, Lord. And, and Lord, you will call us. Lord, we are, none of us are here forever. We just follow you. As long as we're here, will we go here? Will we accept our charge to make disciples here, to share what we know about you here? And Lord, the moment you send us, Lord, will we be willing and faithful to go? Will we trust you, Lord, knowing that this is what it looks like. It looks like, Lord, we celebrate our goings because we know that you continue to care about this world as long as you continue to call people to go. Lord, you've not given up on us yet. We thank you. We commit ourselves to you. In your good name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.